We are New Song, a four-square church in beautiful Colorado Springs. We love Jesus. We love each other. We are family. If you have any questions or prayer requests, you can always visit us simply by going to newsongcs.com. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. He's in good hands, and you know, I text him and he doesn't text back. I call him, he doesn't call back, and that's a good sign because he's busy and he's having fun. He has a friend who um, writes on his face, on his own Facebook about what's going on, and um, so I get to hear little updates from him. And um, it's the way it's supposed to be because someone, now we've done our part. Now, there's certain things that only he can grow in uh, with other people, right? Other people will bring him to the next place he's supposed to be. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today, that one plants, one waters. We're all church without walls, but some of us reap the benefits some of us are just planting some of us are just watering some of us are just to love some of us are just to um, get someone one step closer to where they need to be in Jesus right we've talked about that and your your responsibility is not to do everything your responsibility is one step closer and I am so thankful the Father cares about my kids more than I even care about them. And that's a testimony for you as well that, you know, he's going to lay out the red carpet, so to speak, at times in their lives when they need it most. And he's going to be hospitable. He's going to show them uh, what, what, they, what we can't show them. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. We're going to pick up right now in John chapter 4. That's where we left off last week. Um, Uh, The big idea of this series is that we are church without walls. We are to be love. We are to be Jesus to those around us. Literally today, we do have one wall taken down. We're trying to take it literally. We'll get rid of all the walls eventually here, right? That's a joke. There's a wall that's missing in the back. (laughs) Oh, you're so funny, Mr. C. I bet your wife just dies at home. She's just laughing all the time. She's like, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Tim Hawkins, and I wish I wish I was, but um, John chapter 4, verse 3, I'm going to go through quickly some parts, and then I'm going to uh, give you a couple observations today, and um, I'm going to pick up in John chapter 4, verse 3, and just try to stay along with me, I, I might go faster, but Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through, he needed to go through, he must go through Samaria, I can imagine that his disciples are like, no, you don't need to go through Samaria. All of the time, this is a very common thing that people have to get from Judea to Galilee, especially Jews. They never go through Samaria to get there. Yes, it's longer to go Highway 36 to get there, but no, they... This time, Jesus went straight through Samaria to get to Galilee, and I bet you tension was mounting amongst his disciples. Why are we going this way? I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. What is he doing? I don't know. And Jesus had something he wanted to teach them. As they were getting nervous, they just decided, hey, let's go. Uh, uh, Pastor Jesus, we're going to go... Um, uh, to the st- We're going to go get some food. Uh, do you want to come with us? And he's like... Um, 
go your way. Yeah, I don't know what he did. And they, they went to Firehouse Subs, and Jesus went to a well, a really famous well, and uh, one that had lots of history behind it, Jacob's well. If you, if you wanted to look at that, that's a whole other thing. And he meets a lady at the well, and to cut to the chase, this lady, uh, this lady was a Samaritan, which is just just that enough is enough to, you don't do this, Jesus. Don't be doing this. That's why we're out of here. We're out of here, all 12. They were gone. Jesus was there by himself. And it was a lady, it was a Samaritan. And in some versions, it says she was a loose woman, which means she was probably a prostitute. <laughs> a prostitute? Jesus sitting with a prostitute? What are you doing? doing what is going on here and he cuts to the chase after talking small talk for one second he says um go get your husband uh can you bring him here and she says oh i don't have a husband and it's true and he's like yeah you're right you don't the one you're with is your boyfriend you had four or five husbands before that I, what was it five before that and um the one you're with is not uh, your husband, and she's like, oh my gosh, you must be a psychic. Are you like the psychic guy? And he's like, well, kind of, not a psychic so much as God, but you know, I'm, I, and, and so she changes the subject. No, she, he doesn't say that, but she changes the subject. She thinks she'll talk about like uh, religion. He, maybe he won't understand, and he ha happens to be an expert on religion too, and he says, oh, you want to talk about worship, do you? Well, let me explain to you about a little bit about worship, and he cuts to her heart and she's freaking out thinking oh man this guy who is this guy and then at that moment verse 27 his disciples come back and they marveled that he talked with a woman yet no one said anything mark matthew john no one john recorded it but he wouldn't talk about it to jesus why is he talking with her? And then finally, one of them steps up and says it. Probably Peter put his foot in his mouth. Uh, Jesus, why are you talking with this woman? The woman's not left yet. She's still, why are you talking? Rude. Come on, Peter. And then it says, um, the woman then left her water pot right where it was, which means like she got out. She didn't like, okay, goodbye. She dropped it and ran and left and went on her way to the city. Maybe she was afraid of these 12 young guys who were gonna, whatever, beat her up or something, or maybe, maybe she was already cut to the heart. And so Jesus' friends say, um, eat, you should eat. Um, let's change the subject. Um, are you gonna eat? We brought you Firehouse up. I don't know if you've been there, but I just went there this week. It's pretty amazing. It's a little pricey, but it's pretty amazing. And they, uh, they, they, and Jesus says, um, I have, uh, what does he say? Therefore, verse 32, I have food to eat of which you do not know. What, did someone else bring him food already? He's, we just got here. And Jesus is like, please keep up with me. I'm God. I have metaphors. I'm talking like, hello, stay with me, stay with me. I have food that you don't know about. Has anyone brought him anything to eat? What is he talking about? And he moves into a teaching, not avoiding the situation, because he knows, what if I wasn't here that day as their master and they needed to be church without walls on their own? Would they be sidetracked by their hunger? Would they be distracted by their prejudice? Because they were very prejudiced. 
They were very, yes, they were holy men or whatever, but they just did not want anything to do with this town. And Jesus says, we're not done here. We're not done here. Their needs, their own needs are getting in the way of the needs that are around. Not, not, that would never happen with us. We always think about the people around us, don't we? We never get sidetracked by firehouse subs or work or family or, well, you know, I have a lot of problems right now. I don't have time to minister to anyone else, no one else. And Jesus says this to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And they say, where did your English accent come from? And he's literally trying to get a point across them that I don't even have to eat right now. I am so excited about what God is doing through me that I don't, I'm not even hungry. And it says, isn't it true that there's four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, when he says behold, he's meaning pay attention. This is an important one that I'm going to say. I know I talk a lot, but this is everything I say is in red. So it's very important. And he says, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Some translations also say, see. Behold, lift up your eyes, look, see. Making a point. You guys, are you listening? And he who reaps sows, verse 36, verse 37. One sows, another reaps, verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him, because of the word of the woman who left testifying. He told me everything that I ever did. I want to speak today about Church Without Walls and entitle this little part of our talk, Look. Everybody say, Look. This is from Jesus, Look. Or maybe you want to call it, See. Um, Lord, we just love you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how it's... Uh, food for our souls. Sometimes we don't take it that way because we're not hungry for it. We're not hungry for your word like we sometimes need to be. We're not hungry for the things of you. But Lord, help us to see what you have for us today. Help us to look. Help us to open the eyes of our heart. I pray that you would help me to open the eyes of my heart and get out of my flesh and let my spirit speak for you everywhere that I go, not just sitting here in front of the choir, but in front of those that we meet every day in the church without walls in Jesus' name. Amen. I did tell you earlier uh, that I used to play football, right? And, um, and, and I said that's obvious, right? Would you say it's obvious? Uh, right now I weigh about 155, 5'11", and uh, a pretty strapping 43-year-old, uh, I would say. Um, I am. Uh, I've never used the word strapping before. But um, as, a, as a freshman in high school, I was about 90. And I was, um, yeah, 90. I was going to say 98, but I was probably more like 90. <laughs> and I was small, but I had played football from the time I was in like eight years old, you know, in the junior leagues. And um, often I was big on a team and then some of the leagues. And then depending on how people grew, I grew faster than some and then they caught up. And now here I am, a freshman in high school, and I played half my freshman year, I will admit that, meaning something. 
that I quit, that I quit, or that I got kicked off the team. And I remember the day that I decided to, uh, that it was, I was done. It was after two-a-days. We had two-a-days every day all through the summer in St. Louis, hot, humid, horrible, throwing up. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this? What? This is not what football, it's supposed to be good job. Like I said, good job. You're doing a great job. Good job, Stephen. Way to go. Way to, way to give it your all out there. My dad was always very encouraging, right? It was like this, what's wrong with you, Hibden? Get up. You know, it was like, I don't, I don't enjoy this. I just threw up come on, I want to see you throw up again, right? And I was like, oh my gosh. And we had this drill where, where um, they would put um, the biggest guy against the littlest guy, it felt like, but everyone had to do it. And you had to tackle somebody. And it was hard enough to like, he's coming at you, you're supposed to go at him. It's hard enough just to do that from there, but you had to lay down on the ground backwards Hands all the way down, hands all the way out, and they blow the whistle. You jump up, you turn around, you find the guy. I was so dizzy. I was so hot. I was sweating. I was ready to pass out. I was ready to cry. I was ready to find my mommy again. I don't want to do this anymore. And um, and you have to tackle him. And so I remember it was my turn. He said, Hibden, down on the ground. And I'm like, my name is Steven. You can call me Steven. You don't have to call me Hibden. Matthews on the line. I'm like, oh, great, Matthews. I still remember. I don't remember the guy's, I think it was, I don't remember his first name, but I do remember Matthews. I remember him from junior high. I remember him from elementary school, and now he was on my team. He had the big black mouthpiece that went all the way over his lips. It didn't look like lipstick. It just looked like a uh, hole, like, like he was just, rah, and I was like, oh, I have to tackle Matthews, and um, so long story short, I jump up, I turn around, I'm dizzy, he plows me over, I lay down, and the next thing I remember is the coach over me, um, Stephen, are you okay? Can I get you some fruit punch? You want a little snack? You want some Cheerios? I'll get you, come out of, see, he's hurt, Stephen's hurt on the ground, no, this is what they said, Hibden! What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Hibden? Coach Jennings. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm dead. I, am, I think I'm dead. Am I in heaven or in hell? I guess I'm in hell because the devil is like yelling at me. And um, you're going to get yourself killed out here. If you don't get your head up and look at what you're doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, you're trying I'm trying to look. I can't see straight. Um, and I wonder if God would say to us, the Heavenly Father doesn't talk like that, or sometimes I think he might. He would say, Rizzuto, get your head. This is, what, this is what my coach said to me. Get your head out of. No, I won't tell you what he said. This is what the Father God would say to, say to you. Look, behold, and what does he say next? The field is white unto harvest. This is what he said there. He says, behold, I say, lift up your eyes. Verse 35, for the fields are already white for harvest, meaning there is work for you to do, my brother, my sister, my child. I wonder if that's what he would say. I wonder if he would say, don't take your, uh, don't uh, get your, uh, 
head from wherever it needs to be, but he might say, look, I have good things to do with you. I have big things for you. I say often these words, see what I want to do. See what I can do through you. That's what God is saying to you. See what I can do through you. That sentence has probably been in every message that I've given. That's the, it just makes sense that that's for us. I know that our mission statement says um, that we are to be or do the impossible in our community. It says the church we see is contagious to our community. The church we see is cultivating to our culture. The church, it's on our website. You'll have to look at it. It's really good. The church we see is family. And I think Father God would say, see, look what I can do through you. Don't, don't be afraid. Get your head up. Matthew's is coming. The disciples, what he was saying to them was, look, you're in this town that you've never been in. You're 30, some of you, I don't know how old they were. I've heard they're 12. I've heard from someplace they're 12. I don't know if that's true. I picture them about 18. Good looking guys, right? I don't know what they were, but, but they'd never gone through Samaria. And he's saying, look at the people. They're all watching us right now. See what I want to do through you. Get out of yourself. Get out of your prejudice. Get out of your church with walls and see. And he would say to us, the church without walls is right in front of you wherever you are. Well, what's my calling? What am I supposed to do? What are you wanting? What do you, what do you want for me, Lord? What do you want? Just tell me, just tell me. And he says, do you just open your eyes? It's all around you right now, right now, right? Oh, you missed another one. You missed another one, right? And he would say, it, of course, in a loving way. And then another observation, the only other one I want to make from this is church without walls is a process that produces many results along the way, different kinds of results along the way. When you are a church and you're a product and you come and it's just the thing that you do and you go home, it's a product, it's done. No, church is supposed to be a process that you go through from glory to glory to not glory, then back to glory, then glory to glory, then not glory, then back. To it's a process where a lot of different things happen along the way. The results are different from time to time. This is the way Jesus said at verse 37, one sows, another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored, others have labored, you have entered into their labor. In other words, be Jesus, be like me, be Christ-like. Every, are you listening? Everywhere you walk, be church without walls, be love. The rest is not up to you, Becca. The rest is not up to you, Bethany. The rest is not up to you. Who's another one that starts with a B in the room today? The rest is not up to you. The results are up to God. The result category is his. And sometimes I think we get uh, tied up with, well, I can't do everything. You know, what am I going to do? God's like, just, just, be, just be love. It was right on exactly what, what sister, I was going to call you Sister Mary. That sounds good. At the welcome today, that was the per perfect words. 
The results are not up to us. I want to pose a question today as we close. In our attempt to be church without walls, how often do we put on ourselves the job of the Holy Spirit? How often do we put on ourselves, well, I got to be the Holy Spirit in this. I got to make sure they're convicted. I got to make sure they're loved. They're comforted. I got to make sure they know exactly everything that God has. I got to say this. I got to say the whole gospel. I got to make sure I give them the beginning. uh, It starts in Genesis and it ends in Revelations. It's all up to me. No. I think a problem we have How often, ask yourself this, how often do you put yourself in the job of the Holy Spirit? Our part is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading, no more, no less. Who's going to play? Would someone come up and play? I think it's easy, an easy place to practice this is on an airplane. Last week, um, I... uh, I had to get on an airplane and um, I left after church out of breath and when I got on I explained to the person I was sitting next to I thought about this this may uh, c- go somewhere that I don't want it to go but I said I'm a pastor and I was running here and I, I had to get here on time for the plane my son's going to college <laughs> all this and um, I just got out of church and um, that's why I'm tired uh, that's that's what was going on and um what I didn't know was that God had another page in my message or in his message to us for being a church without walls than just the church in the park that day, that he had a, a point he wanted me to carry forward uh, on this plane because I was going to be on the plane for one hour. It's like one hour and 25 minutes is from here to Phoenix. It's done. You're off. You barely even have a chance to um, eat or drink anything. They don't on Frontier. So, you know, I, just, I thought, you know, it's, it'll be fine. And then little did I know God had other plans. We sat on the tarmac. They had problems with the engine. We sat there two hours. Then we got off the plane. Then we got back on another couple hours. I was, I was in Colorado Springs for about five hours that day. I had plenty of time to talk. I was like, why did I tell her I was a pastor? Oh, no. And both these ladies, they're talking and they're sharing. And we got to talk about prejudice. And we talked about church without walls. We talked about their her kids and their problems and what's going on in their lives and it was a it was a moment it was a god moment as as we talked with one another and as as they shared and before it was all said and done when we got to phoenix um i was at their house <laughs> i know i met all their family we, it was the 85th birthday of the grandmother. We sang happy birthday to her. I had deaf cake with them. And, and um, yeah, it, but it was a moment where, where God had done something. And there was a moment when I got on that I thought, what if I just blend in? What if I just put on my headphones, get my book, and just blend in? Because I would think, I, I would just like to, like, focus that, my son's going away to college and all this, right? And, and the Holy Spirit had other plans. And the thing was, I had come into the end of something where someone else had planted, someone else had watered, someone else had watered, someone else had watered. I was just reaping 
someone's openness to the Holy Spirit. And all I had to do was look. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't even know. I didn't have any words to say. All I had to do was be there. I had to be in the right place at the right time. The Holy Spirit did his thing. And I want to ask you this. Imagine if we released ourselves from being the result police and let God do what he wants to do through us. Imagine what would happen. It's not up to us, not up to me. Imagine if we all just settled in that one plants, one waters, one waters some more, one loves, one gets them one step closer, and then one of us might be the reap, the reaper. I think we underestimate the power uh, of the Holy Spirit, the presence of, the, of God in our lives. He's with us. It's not you by yourself doing it. For you all, I know that you are my elders, but as you go to be pastors, again, of a church, we underestimate, hey, we can't do it. Why, why would we think we could? I didn't come to this place, and none of you came dead with the things you've done for God by thinking, well, I can do this, I can do this, God. You end up doing it, and you're like, whoa, look what God did through me. I can't believe it. God likes to do the impossible through people who are available. We underestimate the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working through us. Look at Jesus. He, he didn't like... Um, everything was working against them in this situation. Woman, prostitute, problems, prejudice... Hunger. He didn't even tell her, oh, God loves you, my child, God. You know, he, he told her, her male, he aired out her dirty laundry. And what did she do? Oh, my goodness. She ran to the city. You got to meet this man who told me everything about myself. That sounds like a negative to me, but she was ready. She was already ready for what God was going to do in her life. And he didn't even have to do anything to really can decode it. He just told her. Now, I'm not saying go out and tell people their dirty laundry. God, you probably don't have the ability to do that. But if, even if you did, here was the kicker with God and with Jesus. Every time Jesus was the church without walls, and I'll close with this, there was grace involved. There was a lot of grace involved. There was always truth involved too. That's the, that's the uh, balance that you got to keep as a, as a walk with God. That's for me, it's hard as a, as a leader, as a pastor to grace, truth, balance those two. But there was so, when he would say, yes, go get your husband and uh, bring him back to me. You know, he, there was, pro we do not see the grace that was involved there. And I would just ask you to close your eyes just for a moment. And do you need something from the Lord that has to do with grace today? I'm sure he mixed grace with truth. And maybe you need some truth. Some of you need some truth, but you also need the grace mixed with it. And Jesus is like, I'm the king of that. Father God would say, I'm the king of that. I'm, I'm your father. I love you. You come to me, 
I will give you some good truth, but I will also give you grace. I will give you love. Always forgiveness will come if you ask me. That's what I'm about. Hopefully you've already received that today in your heart. If you haven't, let me be the first to tell you today that grace is available. Love is available. Forgiveness is available. Every, everyone is on this one next. You can open your eyes. Maybe you are here today and you have made it bigger in your head the limitations you have and what God wants to do through you. God would say, I want to use you. Leave the results up to me. You make it bigger than it is. I want to use you. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Being church without walls is about love. That's all it's about. And he's like, I, I don't plan to meet anyone this week, so uh, this won't apply to me. You, you will. You just be open. I find that when we start taking our eyes off ourselves, oh, this problem, this problem, this problem aren't as, aren't as important. Because you got a mission. You got a mission. We're going to be leaving this wor world soon. We are not of this world. One of these days, I want to preach that. We are not of this world. Jesus is coming back soon. We're leaving this place. It's not like we have all this time in the world. If Jesus is coming back soon, maybe he's, you'd say, well, I heard that when I was a kid. Jesus is coming back soon in one way or another <laughs> whether it's 30 years 20 years 40 years for us whether it's whatever he's coming back for you and you're going to heaven whether he actually literally comes back to this earth you know be open would you stand to your feet I wanted to be done today uh, in 30 minutes just for uh, for our teachers who are we're practicing something new today and it says four seconds I got left so I did it. And it's not about a time, but I feel like if God wants to speak, he can speak in the time that needs to be spoken. And he spoke earlier. I appreciate your, your words of wisdom, your words of knowledge, your words of prophecy. I pray that they would continue. I pray that you would continue to talk to one another. I pray that you would continue to um, encourage one another. If the pastor's job is only to encourage, then everyone's not going to get encouraged. We need everyone to do their part. Everybody say amen to that. Amen to that. I want to say a prayer over you today. And I wrote it down. Lord, encourage us to look. Lift up our eyes and see that the fields are ready for harvest. Encourage us to be church without walls right in front of us, right in front of us, wherever we walk each day. Let that be our, our request from you. If you feel comfortable to lift your hands before the Lord and say, God, I underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to be available to see the power work through me. 
Yes, I want to see what you can do through me. Yes, I've seen you do things in my past, but I want to see more. I want to see the impossible. I want to see you do more in my life. I lift my hands to receive that. I don't have to go to Africa. I can do it right here in my own Samaria, wherever that is for me that, 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 that you are calling me. Let me not take the roundabout way to get somewhere. If you have called me to go through a place let me go through a place maybe it's not geography maybe it's a spiritual thing whatever that is call me to do things that might scare me at first but they'll get they'll get me out of my comfort zone we thank you we thank you we declare you are God and we declare that we will follow you 